here with Professor Pamela Qualter from Manchester University, uh, who is one of the speakers here at the MQ Science Meeting in the Loneliness and Mental Health Symposium, which has just finished. Hi, Pamela. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So you said in your talk, I thought this was a really nice quote, I want us to empower young people to manage their loneliness so that they have fulfilled social lives. Is stigma going to be a big barrier to that empowerment? I think there is a real, a real stigma in society about feeling lonely. What I have always found fascinating is the fact that most of us will feel lonely, loneliness at some point in our lives. And yet we are just so worried about telling other people about that. So it's something we all experience and yet we keep it to ourselves and we actually don't openly discuss that. And what I want young people, I actually want everybody to do, is to be able to open up and talk to each other when they are feeling like that. And I think when we talk to other people about feeling lonely, we're not necessarily expecting a solution to loneliness. What we want to do is kind of make it real, just get it out out there so that we can then actually address that. And usually we're, we're okay to address it ourselves, but it's just making it very real. Um, now, quite a lot of research that looks at the stigma of loneliness is very old now. Um, it comes from sort of the early 90s. Um, and it did show that there was big community stigma around talking about loneliness. Um, and some of the work was suggesting there was self-stigma as well, so people didn't want to um, disclose the fact that they were feeling lonely. In our recent BBC loneliness experiment, we saw that some of that community stigma had kind of disappeared. People were okay at talking about loneliness. They were okay to listen to people disclose the fact that they were lonely. And people certainly didn't um, attribute negative personality characteristic to somebody who said they felt lonely. But we still had a lot of self-stigma. People thought there was something inherently wrong with them if they felt lonely. And what I found from talking about the BBC loneliness results was that young people were beginning to talk a lot more openly. The number of emails we had, the number of discussions via um, discussion boards, um, people talking about our podcasts, they were beginning to feel quite empowered that this was something really normal. So why did they have this real issue um, with talking about it? And for me, it's about having those open discussions and saying this is about you being able to manage this experience because, hey, it's going to happen to most of us. Um, and it's about enabling yourself to not get stuck in that loneliness experience when you have it. And I guess for many young people, social media is a natural tool for doing that, for having those conversations. Mm. Um, one of the questions that was asked you after your talk was around the, the potential negative um, aspects of social media. What, what's your sense of the pros and cons of social media in this discussion? Yeah, I mean... I mean <laughs> So many people think very negatively about social media and really feel that it's a driver towards um, increases in loneliness amongst young people. And I really am not sure it's that at all. Um, the research that we have, and we have quite limited research, but the research we have would suggest that as a way to connect with your existing friends and as a way to create new friends, social media is really good. And I would never want to take that away from people. Um, you know, if you are living in a community where you are not being accepted or you don't feel like you're being accepted for who you are, if you can find that community online, that's a wonderful thing. You know, the fact that that will improve your well-being is great. What the data does suggest, though, is if you are spending time on the internet and you may be spending quite a bit of time on social media, 
um, but you are not really engaged with current friends or making new ones, um, you're distracting yourself from feelings of loneliness, then we see increases in loneliness. Um, so for me, again, it's about helping young people understand how to manage that time. So if they're finding, well, actually, I'm using this as a distraction tool. Um, this isn't about me making new friends. This isn't about me continuing to establish um, and maintain good relationships um, with people I already know. Then I think we need to enable that person to take a step back um, and support them in, in making changes to their social relationships. But I think let's again empower them, let's give them that knowledge, let's not say to them, you know, the internet is, is bad and social media is evil, it's really not. Yeah. Joshua Gordon asked an interesting question from the floor at the end of the symposium. He said, if we address loneliness, will we also fix mental health problems? And you said we don't have any data on this, mm. but I wondered if you wanted to kind of expand on that bit. I think we have quite a lot of theoretical models around that. So I think lots of us have done a lot of thinking about the relationship between loneliness and mental health and the fact that people who get stuck in loneliness tend to think very negatively about um, their social experiences. And that tends to go hand in hand with the kind of um, negative social cognitions we see with depression. And in that sense, what people have argued is, in theory, if we were to target loneliness through um, the challenging of those social cognitions we should also see changes to depressive symptoms and also the other way around if we were to target depressive symptoms through those kind of interventions we should, we should see reductions in loneliness or we should prevent that person kind of getting stuck in a cycle but we don't have that data uh, we don't have um, longitudinal data so following the same people over time and I think what is really good at the moment is people are engaged in different types of intervention. And if we evaluate those systematically and very well, then we can gather data about those relationships. Can we target loneliness? Can we target you know, mental health? And still see outcomes for the other um, over time. So it's, it's, it's a positive that loneliness is a focus now for policymakers and for researchers, but we shouldn't be putting all our intervention eggs in one basket. Yeah, yeah. And... and, and um, our chair of the of the um, symposium, you know, said, you know, if, if are we putting the money in the right place? And actually, in my mind, well, yes, because it could still have a big impact on mental health. Even though loneliness is not a mental health issue, because we know it is interrelated with mental health, focusing on that can only be a good thing uh, for mental health outcomes. Mm-hmm.